0: Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 10. <laughs> Wait, what? Episode 10? I thought that you were going to be gone for a while. Isn't that what you said in episode 9? I'm confused. Well, and rightly so. Because I was gonna. But then, I was able to talk to someone about it, figure stuff out, and now, I'm back. So let's just hop right back into it, shall we? <laughs> hello hello welcome to episode 10 allowing my child to fail this podcast is for parents that want solutions not just sympathy for the many personal struggles that come with raising children with special needs welcome to parents have special needs too and i'm your host ashley johnston all right y'all let's talk about failure and particularly letting or allowing our children to fail. So this topic came about a few nights ago when we were sitting down and eating dinner and I had made a stew that I knew my seven-year-old particularly would not be excited about. So I planned to have a little dessert afterwards, which was, um, Like a little Reese's, because he loves Reese's. And so, we just kind of set this expectation out, and we're like, okay, all the people that finish their first serving of soup, however, whatever amount that is that mom and dad put in your bowl, can have dessert. And just left it at that. And throughout the course of dinner, and as dinner progressed, I realized that I was watching my seven-year-old noticing, oh, he's not really eating very quickly. He may not finish on time or, and if he doesn't, you know, and we're cleaning up the kitchen, he would have just missed his opportunity, right, to get the dessert. And for some reason, I was like, I really don't want that to happen. And I kept thinking, why do I have a problem with this? Like we set the expectation. He knows what he can do, like the ball's in his court. So, like, what's the deal? And as I thought about it, I kept thinking, oh, I I just want to make sure that he gets his dessert. Like, he's doing a good job. He's eating the things that he doesn't want to eat because he wants to get the dessert. And I'd really hate to see him not get it when he's put forth so much effort to get it, but still kind of comes up short. And... Ultimately, as I thought about it, I realized what I don't want is the aftermath of failing to get it. Because I don't know what it's like for many of you. But when my seven-year-old fails to obtain something he really wants, it usually ends with a lot of crying and tantrum throwing. Which... I didn't want to deal with this particular night. I wasn't really up for it. So I was like, let's just do whatever we can to keep everybody happy and try to avoid the tantrum. I don't got time for that tonight. You know, (laughs) ain't nobody got time for that. So anyway, as I was thinking about that, I thought, okay, like, I'm just going to gear myself up for... The fact that maybe he won't so let's say that he doesn't let's say that he doesn't finish or refuses to finish and he throws a tantrum and talks about how unfair it is and how bad we're bad parents and how we should have given it to him or this was stupid in the first place or i'm sure well i'm not sure but if any of you have heard that before i totally empathize with you um so as i am preparing for this tantrum, I start to think about what is the benefit? What's the benefit in allowing my child to experience this failure and go through usually the, the big emotional ups and downs that they feel because of not being able to get what they want? Now, there are probably a lot of really good reasons out there to let your children not get what they want and and to let them fail but here's what came to my mind was my role as the parent is to help them learn how to navigate through failure and not help them figure out how to avoid failure at all costs because in life they will never be able to avoid failure right because they're going to grow up Hopefully. And they're going to do things that they've never done before. And when we do things we've never done before, we are going to fail. And what I mean by that is whether it's going to college or getting married or having kids of their own or going into a specific career or even something as simple as learning a new skill, right? Right. Hopefully they're continuing to grow and to learn. And if they are, then they're going to be learning new stuff and having new experiences. And that's going to entail not getting it right. And I realized that with me spending my time trying to get them to not fail, right? And, and and also acknowledging that there was a good intent behind this, right? That we don't like to see our kids in pain and suffer um, unnecessarily, but also there are, if you listen to some of my other podcasts, there is useful suffering and necessary suffering. Suffering that helps us grow. Am I having Am I parenting in such a way that I'm trying to help my kids avoid that? And for me, the answer was yes, and not for their sake, but for mine, right? Because I didn't want to deal with the aftermath and the negative emotions. And often with kids, it's not just, oh, I feel bad, but there's whining and crying and tantrums, right? At least there is at my house. And I don't like to deal with that very often. And I realize, you know what? Either I can go through the pain and the struggle of the tantrum. I mean, they're, they're going to tantrum anyway about other things. So I can either do it for their benefit or not for their benefit. I can either do it to try to avoid things or I can do it to try to confront things and help them grow. See, I think it's interesting that sometimes we seem to spend too much of our time teaching our kids that it's not okay to fail, that to fear it, that you should feel some sort of shame. Right? And and I don't think we intentionally do this at all, right? It's maybe it's something they observe by watching us, right? But it's, hey, like, look, you shouldn't have thrown those crayons on the ground. I already told you once, like, pick them up. Okay, just don't do that again. If you had done this and this and this, then you can avoid doing that in the future. Okay, right? And and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with teaching them how to avoid certain things in the future, how to do it better. But to just keep in mind that it's, it's not about teaching them, look, Let's just say, if you fail, this is what we can do. Or let's try to avoid it so that you don't have to. But what if it was more like, look, it's not about if, it's about when. And and not just when occasionally, but when like all the time, like every day. And so I wonder, what if we were to stop pretending like Failure and pain can be avoided. And instead of developing the skill of avoidance or prevention, perhaps we can develop the skill of how to deal with it when it does happen. See, because there's different skill sets that you develop for those two types of things. Now, I'm not necessarily saying, let's try to just not avoid any failure or any pain. Let's just let it all happen and we'll deal with the aftermath. Like, I don't think that that's a smart idea either. But I know that we can probably think of some things that it's like, hey, some things are going to happen accidentally and there's going to be failure and pain. Some things are going to be more intentional, like when we go to try something new or when we work out extensively or there's going to be pain, right? Or when we know we're going to go into a difficult conversation with a spouse or a friend, there's going to probably be something uncomfortable about that or maybe we're really going to fail at the conversation, right? And I know that I'm th- probably thinking like a decade in advance for these kids, but they're going to experience it at school as well and with their friends growing up and when they're teenagers and things like that. So if they already learn from a younger age, right? And This is in my mind, this is how I see it being able to work out is they will develop a skill set that teaches them how to handle failure instead of how to avoid it. Because what happens when they confront it, which they will, but they don't have the proper skill set? What happened with me was there's something wrong with me, I'm broken, I'm failing. Like, I should already know how to do this, right? I should be good at this, right? And I found that that isn't really helpful to me and I'm sure it's not going to be helpful for my son. And so I prepared for the ensuing or impending tantrum of how unfair life is because I didn't give him his dessert even though he was super close. Because as much as I would like to say it was like that for me as as an adult, right, to be like I pursued this goal and I came up short. And I still came up short. Like nobody came and was like, hey, you were so close. I'm going to go ahead and give you the money anyway. Hey, you were so close. I'm going to go ahead and give you the prize anyway. Like that's not ever happened for me in the real world. And I don't know that it will. And so should I be doing that for my kid? Right? I don't know. That's for you to make that call. Um, And you are going to know, obviously, what's right for you and your family and your kids and and how your kids respond to that and everything like that. So but I was thinking about this, not just for um, my son, but for my daughter who has special needs, because I feel like when it comes to special needs, that we try to perhaps protect them from failure even more here's what I mean. I'll illustrate it with a story. All right. So there was a morning a while back when Elizabeth had gotten out a bunch of toys from the toy closet and had been playing with them before breakfast. So breakfast came and we'd gotten everyone to the table. And I said, Hey, Elizabeth, you need to clean up all of those toys and that mess you made before you come and eat your breakfast. And she, no, you know, it's throwing a bit of a fit like she didn't want to do it, but she had cleaned up toys before. I knew that she was capable of doing it, Um, even though she usually had me there and I was kind of helping her along. But I was at this point where I knew, I knew she could do it on her own. She had the ability. So I knew by asking her to do this, I wasn't asking her to do something outside of her ability set. Maybe it would have char- ch- challenged her a little bit, but I knew she could do it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and just stick to this because I know she can. And, and then she continues to cry, no, no, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure you're understanding what I'm saying. Like you can't have breakfast till you clean up that toy. And as I was holding this boundary, I realized I had some of those sneaky little thoughts come up that was like, you know what, maybe she really doesn't understand or maybe she Maybe she really can't, you know, and I mean, she, she's nonverbal and she has special abilities. You know, maybe you should kind of lower the standard a little bit for her so that she is able to, to accomplish this. I mean, we don't want to discourage her so much and overwhelm her with a goal of cleaning this up because maybe it is really too much for her right and so I was having this battle in my mind like am I asking too much am I not asking too much can she do this can she not do this so I decided this time around I'm just going to stick with it and see what happens and so so I was like okay let's pull up a little chair you can sit in this chair or you can go clean up your toys no I don't want to well do you want breakfast yeah yeah okay then you need to go clean up your toys and then you can come have breakfast no all right, it's okay. You don't have to clean up the toys. You can sit in this chair. You just don't get breakfast until you clean up your toys. <sighs> you know, and this kind of just this dialogue that kept repeating back and forth for probably about 30 minutes or so that we did this. And I mean, at this point, my mind was back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But I was like, I'm going to hold to this and I'm going to see where this goes in about the 30 minute mark. Elizabeth, do you want to eat breakfast? Yeah. And she'd been crying. I was like, okay, you need to go clean up your toys. And then you can have breakfast. And at this point, she sat, got quiet. And she just, you know, I said, if you want to, you can stand up and you can go clean up your toys. And so she did. She stood up. And her demeanor had totally changed. It was kind of like, okay, I guess mom's not giving in here. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go. I'm going to clean up the toys. And she totally did all by herself. I went in there and I looked. She missed a couple and I said, hey, put these in. She just went and picked them up. No fuss. Put them in. And then she was done. I said, hey, you finished. Would you like your breakfast? Yeah. And so we go to the table and I get her her breakfast and she eats it and she's happy about it. And What was so fascinating to me was I realized that she had cleaned up. And as she cleaned up, I was like, hey, good job, you know. And I was giving her praise and went to give her a high five. And she wasn't really even too interested in that. She seemed to be happy with herself knowing that she had done that. I mean, for her, that was a big accomplishment. And she seemed to be getting... A feeling of success. It was almost as if my praise didn't really have as much weight to it because she knew more authentically she she felt the victory and almost didn't need my praise at all. And I found that fascinating. For those of you that did go and read or listen to Raising Lions, which I referred to in my last podcast, he references a study about praise and that a lot of kids today find praise to almost mean that you're getting praise because the teacher or the the parent thinks that you need a little extra help and encouragement. It's not because they genuinely think you did a great job or that you are. And so now with our kids nowadays, at least according to the study, Praise is not what it used to be, right? It's not necessarily a positive thing. It has a bit of a negative thing. And I was able to see that with my daughter, not that the praise was negative, but the praise almost didn't matter because she had already had genuine victory, right? And that's kind of the point that this study was making was that kids know when they've done a good job. They know when they've overcome an obstacle. They can feel it. Okay, so to go back to my reference about possibly protecting our children with special needs from failure more so than we do our other kids is because of this aspect of a special need where we tend to lower our expectations for them because of this need or disability. Now, I'm not saying that we should treat them like everyone else. Maybe that is what needs to happen for your child. I don't know. But you know your child. You know what they're capable of, even if they don't know, right? And then maybe there are things that we don't know our children are capable of, but we've just never pushed them hard enough or, or required enough of them to know whether they can or they can't, you know, to, to give them the opportunity to try and fail. But I feel like sometimes it's like, oh, our This child has already had a hard enough life. I don't want to do anything to make it any harder, right? But is it possible that maybe we're stealing away an opportunity for growth for them? Is it possible that maybe they really are capable of much, much more than we're requiring? And by not requiring it, we're allowing them to stay in this state of complacency or feigning inability which no amount of praise can compensate for because inside I think that we know at least for me many many of these kids are still very very intelligent even though that they um have a different set of abilities they're still very capable of many things and they still know I believe they do when they're getting away with something but also when they're not being fulfilled it was just cool to see in Elizabeth this moment of accomplishment for her she knew she had done something a she didn't want to do and maybe b maybe she didn't know if she could do it on her own maybe but the victory that I saw in her little eyes was nothing I could have given her through all the praise in the world It's nothing she would have experienced had I lowered the bar and just said, you know what, I'll take care of it. And I can tell you that that was the case for my seven-year-old as well. He did end up finishing his food. He did a great job. And when he finished, with no prompt from us, he said, wow, I just learned that if I push my body, I can do things that I didn't know. I could do and then he got this smile on his face he was super proud of himself and I was super proud of him but I realized at that moment he didn't need praise from me he already got it so as I reflected on these experiences I realized I don't want to help my kids avoid failure I want to coach them through it And help them develop the skills necessary so that when mom is not there, they can do it on their own. Or even before they leave the house, right? And I think all of them can do it, even my Elizabeth, who has a different set of abilities than most kids. But as I sat there, I realized all the areas of my life where I have been avoiding failure. Because... I don't know how to deal with all of it. There's certain areas of my life where I'm like, I can deal with that kind of failure. But if there's something I really, really want to go for, or that's outside of my current skill set, I definitely go for the avoid tactic. So here's my challenge. Choose something that you know you're probably going to fail at and go for it. Hopefully, you fail. Okay? And I say that because without going into that unknown, perhaps, territory of failure, we cannot develop the skills necessary to know how to deal with it. And how can we teach something that we don't know? So, go for it. Okay, and here are a couple of thoughts to ask yourself when you're going through that process is if failing wasn't a big deal, meaning that I I didn't make it mean anything negative about me and I knew that I could just try again until I succeeded, how would I deal with it? How would I deal with failure? Maybe I could just feel it. Maybe it wouldn't be a big deal. What if failure wasn't even a thing and it was just like, oh, that didn't work. I wonder why that didn't work. Oh, I think it's because of this or this. Let me try again next time. Perhaps even consider that failure doesn't exist. It's not a thing. It's just trying over and over again until you figure out how to get your goal all right people i love you and as always i hope you found something useful to help you on your journey thanks for joining me today i'll be back next friday with another podcast make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode take care